0: Thank you for tuning in to the Natty News Daily Podcast. This episode is brought to you in part by our sponsor, Core Nutritionals. You can check out corenutritionals.com for all your supplement needs and use code NATTYNEWSDAILY at checkout to save 20%. Enjoy the episode.
1: What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Natty News Daily, and this will be the first one of 2023, kicking off the new year off, a new season of Natty News Daily. And by new, nothing changes. It's just a new year. Welcome, Joe LaSera. Very uh, special guest on to kick off the year and uh, some changes in Mr. Joe LaSera's life. Now the VP Vice President of the AMBF. Welcome to the podcast, my man.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it.
1: No problem. No problem. We're glad to have you on. Um, now, this is going to be probably all over the place because there's a couple things we want to touch on. But let's go before we get talking about your new position, and everything like that. You obviously competed this year. Uh, Those watching probably did follow along with that a little bit, but uh, for those that didn't uh, maybe give a rundown
2: of what you did this year and how it all went down. So a little season recap Um, this year for me was kind of uh, really getting my feet into the bodybuilding division. Uh, So, you know, coming back, everybody kind of knows me as Mr. Classic physique America won that in 2020, 2021, I lost that title. And then I was just kind of looking for a new challenge per se. Uh, So it was kind of, Stepping forward into the bodybuilding division was the main thing for 2022. Whether that sticks or not, who knows? Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all bodybuilding. So, divisions, you know, divisions are just divisions, just what we enter the competition in, but it's all bodybuilding to all of us. So, uh, started off the season with the aforementioned organization, AMBF, uh, the Kings Cup, which is our fall kind of year end show for our organization. And I'll kind of touch on that when we start talking about the AMBF events itself, because that's a show we're really going to put a lot into. Took second place in the pro, body de- pro bodybuilding division there, then went on two weeks after that to Mr. America, which had originally entered earlier in the year in Classic Physique, but moved myself over to bodybuilding because I wanted to see how I would stack up against the big boys. Uh, fortunately, didn't place in the tall class, but kind of knew what I was going into, you know, going up against the best of the best in the country, just just knowing I could Stand next to them and not look like a fool was was really was all right with me, um, and then two weeks after that, I did the IMBF battle for the Broadway, which is where I earned my WNBF pro card. And kind of circling around to that show was uh, something I wanted to tick off in the sense of you know it's it's a uh, professional status I've kind of looked at for a while now in terms of you know its regard, and also with the aforementioned uh, administrative role within the AMBF, I knew that obviously I wouldn't be competing in AMBF shows while holding an administrative role because that's definitely a conflict of interest. That's why you, know, you don't see Kent doing any of his own AMBF shows. He, he competes elsewhere. And uh, that is one thing about both of us running the AMBF now. It's, you know, we are competitors first driven. We're competitors ourselves. So I wanted to make sure I keep my options open as far as where I can compete because I'm, you know, maybe not in 2023, but I'm still going to be a competitor you know, I'm a young guy, I'm 27. So I've got many, many years ahead of me competing. And I wanted to just start testing out different organizations and uh see where that lands. So that landed a WMBF Pro card and that was a good way to kind of you know check that box and end off the year. So who knows what the the next holds competitively. Yeah.
1: No, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we were there live, obviously, for the Mr. America on commentary. So we got to see that in person and you looked awesome up there. I definitely think Thank you were. You like out of place within the bodybuilding division, like, you know, we've talked about this before separately, but like within natural bodybuilding, maybe there's not as much of a discrepancy between classic physique and bodybuilding. There's obviously, you know, I think the top classic competitors in the natural stream, there's still going to be some differences that you could point out, but it's not as big of a discrepancy as within the open, right? Like when we saw this past weekend at the Mr. Olympia, like you put Bumstead next to Hottie, like that's a very different look. Absolutely. Um, but within bodybuilding, within natural bodybuilding, like you could cross over and still have that classic esque flow to your posing and stuff like that, your transitions, but still be, you know, quote unquote an open bodybuilder, right?
2: Of course. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's really, you know, a lot of people will look to that as a as a detriment. And you'll hear a lot of people say that classic physique isn't necessary in natural bodybuilding. But to me, I just think it gives a, a competitor, you know, a it's it's better for business because the the more divisions we can offer, the more you know, attractions we can include. And a lot of people are looking up to athletes in a contest like the Mr. Olympia and they want to look, you know, and they have that image in their head. So they're going to want to compete in the same division as their favorite athlete in, yep. in an, in a, you know, in an open category like that. So it just makes sense to keep it there from that standpoint. And then just to express yourself from a different division. Uh, like you said, the weight discrepancy maybe isn't there where, you know, it's, it's, it's body weight, captain classic physique, obviously as natural competitors, we don't get nearly as large. So there isn't that weight discrepancy but like you said there's stylistic differences in the posing and when you get to the top pro level there there definitely is a uh is a, is a bit of a gap there you know you, you take somebody yes. like you know a mishak or you know prince bada and you know and those guys are, are are super massive um so you know but i i like being able to have the ability to go from division to division depending on what i what i kind of feel like doing and, and how i want to express myself because. And like I said, from the outset, it's all bodybuilding at the end of the day. Uh, All three of you gentlemen have all competed (laughs) in bodybuilding and classic amongst your career as well. So you you get that, you know, it's just about what you want to express and, and really what you're enjoying at that time frame, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's no denying too, that classic physique has kind of like taken the forefront of the sport, right? Like whether you're enhanced or not, like, I mean, I don't know many young athletes that look up to (laughs) hottie. Or probably even know who Hottie is if they're not right. Like deep, deep who know who sport. is? yeah, right. Uh, they know Nick Walker, but like not a lot of them aspire to look like Nick Walker. But Chris, Terrence, Erz, Ramon, like those are physiques that people are very much idolizing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of coming up in the sport, like your 17, 18, 19 year olds, and you know, I think some aspect of natural bodybuilding could maybe take a hand at adding classic physique into more shows, you know, we're trying to, with the show we're intending to run next year, having like a Mr. Classic, like separate little division. So it's not classic physique as a whole, but presenting that option that people can still jump in and kind of get that fix. Um, love, I love that.
2: Yeah. Didn't uh, Andrew did that over with the WMBF UK, right? Yeah. 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 And he said, and he's,
1: yeah. And he said it was a raging success. Right. And you know, speaking specifically here in Canada, I mean Chris is Canadian, right? So right there you right. have that cult like following already just culturally, but the the numbers don't lie at every show I've been to. Registration is is probably like double classic to yeah. open bodybuilding, right? And it, it's just you know, I used to think that it was maybe like people didn't want to wear the trunks or people maybe didn't want to get like as shredded, but I mean at the highest level these guys are still getting like ridiculously diced. I think it's just they like the look. I really do. I think people look at that aesthetic shot that, you know, Chris now embodies that was the 70s, 80s, and 90s, right? Like, when of we, course, like I'm sure all of us could rhyme off, you know, your Arnold, your Frank Zane, all those physiques that we kind of like us in our 20s were brought up, like looking at in magazines and stuff like that. And that, that is now your again your chris your you your Terrence, Logan Franklin like these are all the, now what the current crop is looking up to more so than I think the open bodybuilders, which is very interesting i I completely agree there yeah i I couldn't agree more with all that any yeah. additives there boys, before we move on no, I love it, and
0: it's it's an opinion Dan, that I think Dan, you changed. look like you just <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm listening embracing it. <laughs> I feel like I've changed my opinion on this multiple times in the past couple of years, you know, cause, and I've, on one of our podcasts, I even said it, I think a top level natural classic physique competitor can do well in both classic and bodybuilding. I think there is a subset of high level bodybuilders. though that probably wouldn't do as well. I'm thinking of like the Bantam weights and some of the guys that are just not built with like the wide frame. So it's interesting that, you know, you could, definitely see crossover in both but I think there's probably a disadvantage for certain athletes to try and compete classic where most classic guys I think have it a little bit easier if that's like their true calling to swap over right like Leroy you're you're a great example right like you can do both interchangeably just depending on the way you present yourself and maybe your conditioning to some degree and you showed that in your last season where Dan I think we talked about you know your you know your structure may be not as well suited for certain divisions just because of certain strengths that you have and weaknesses that you have um and i can think of a handful of other you know smaller framed uh like the White wmbf guys that just wouldn't really fit the look of a classic physique
2: yeah. yeah you're right i don't i don't know if we've talked about this that on the podcast like For me, but yeah, we've we've talked, you know, off air. I think I've talked with both of you individually about that. Yeah. Um I'm probably gonna be just doing open bodybuilding, but that'll yeah, that's a separate topic though for another day. We got (laughs) Joe on.
1: That's something too that we we're trying to like with when it comes to judging that kind of subdivision that we're doing, you know, we wanna have like classics, like esque poses and stuff like that. And then, you know, I don't know how. You know, it's a look, right? Like, I don't think the winner of, you know, the overall in bodybuilding would necessarily win that sub-classic class if they entered it, right? Sure. Like, I, like, I can think, like, take Mr. America, right? So say Mr. America didn't have classic physique, but they were like, you know what? We're going to offer the sub-classic class. And Meshack enters. He should not win, No, right? Fantastic open bodybuilder. One of the best in the world, for sure. But he is not classic physique. And I think that's where you know, the natural stream can kind of tailor their judging or, or in some manner reflect that where, it, where it can't, you know, the, there shouldn't be a complete overlap. Don't like James said, right. For myself, I can flip flop depending on how I display myself and other aspects of posing and presentation, but it's more of a structure thing than anything. Whereas someone like Dan fantastic in bodybuilding, but maybe not exactly suited for classic
2: physique simply because of his skeleton. Sure. Yeah. No, I completely, it's funny you bring up Meshack because one of the points I was going to make as James was talking, uh, when I remember sort of researching classic physique a little bit more as it was getting onto the the natural side of the scene, uh, yeah. there, there was a show with, with Meshack in it. I believe they didn't offer pro bodybuilding, but they offered pro classic physique. And I believe he got dead last because yeah. just criteria wise, it didn't exactly. make sense. And, and it's and funny. should Right. And the general public looking at it, and th- this is why, Yeah, we like to do a lot of education when it comes to the criteria and how the judging breaks out for different classes because it's not a best body contest per se. Now, sometimes the best body can win depending on the lineup, because not only does criteria matter, it matters who is standing next to you. And sometimes this can get a little bit blurry. You know, we've spoken a lot about the the high level pros right now. But if we're talking about an amateur, you know, doing a show for the first time or the amateur level scene at a show, the best body might win. Although that best body didn't fit the criteria 100% to the degree, they were overwhelmingly the best, you know, in terms of muscularity and conditioning in the lineup to the point where you couldn't possibly place them lower than first place. And that's something that we like to try to educate people on when it comes to judging is look, it is about criteria, but it's also about who's standing next to you as well. And, And that can change as well. You might be the most muscular guy standing next to these 10 guys, but next to these 10 guys, you get dwarfed. And it just depends on huh, what what show you go to and who shows up. Yep, who and shows up that's a that big day. thing that a lot of people don't take into account sometimes. Yeah, Yep.
1: Well, for sure. Sweet. That was a good little side tangent. So let's go now with your new position.
2: So you said this has been in the works for a couple of months now. Yeah. a couple of months uh, actually kind of around Mr. America timeframe. Kent and I started kicking the tires on this. Uh, he originally had uh, somebody else in a vice presidency type of role uh, that just didn't kind of pan out. And he's been, you know, kind of flying solo for the last couple of years now, just sort of running things by himself and mainly just looking for, you know, he was looking for an administrative right hand. I was looking to get more involved with the sport and Kent and I have been friends since back in 2018 when I did my first, uh, ANBF show actually it was here in my hometown in Landing, New Jersey. Uh, you know, we connected as I thought it was a, it would be a cool way to pump up the show if I sold tickets out of my gym that I have down here and it you know, kind of forged a relationship from that. And ever since then, we supported him because he was really nice to my family and friends that came to the show, and he made it a really good time for them. And that's one of the things that we really highlight on with the AMBF is providing the ultimate natural bodybuilding experience for not only you as the competitor, but for your friends and family. And we recognize that, you know, bodybuilding might not be your, you know, your why you only for five to 10 minutes, and then they're sitting there for the rest of the day. So how do we how do we entertain them as well? You know, not only if they're coming to the show, but can they watch you at home on any type of live stream? Are they getting any kind of education with that live stream? I know I'm kind of jumping into a bunch of subtopics on why I think the AMBF is awesome, because otherwise I wouldn't be uh wouldn't be working for him. But uh, so anywho, Kent and I have had this relationship going for a few years now. Always you know kind of helped him out here and there, and then it was you know, like hey, do you want to take a greater role in this and bigger step forward and it was just it was a no-brainer for me as someone looking to get more involved with the sport from all angles you know obviously i'm doing coaching and things like that but now getting to see how a show is run and see sort of the back end of a bodybuilding organization is definitely a cool experience for me and uh, something i really am looking forward to and just you know getting my hands dirty with and loving it yeah no sweet so talk up the ANBF a little bit obviously um
1: you know you're you're more involved than you were before sure for, for myself uh not overly familiar with the organization outside of like obviously i knew through you that you competed there and obviously that kind of connection but uh never been to a show myself never competed obviously not from you the u.s so i'm not yeah. overly familiar with it so give me the the rundown of
2: what it's all about absolutely so i'll kind of i'll kind of take you through the inception even though it's before my day um So back when the uh, USBF was the USBF before the USBF is now, you know, it gets kind of confusing for the gen pop with all the, you know, acronyms and and things like that. So I always try to spell it out. Kent sort of broke off on his own because he wanted to run things differently um, and wanted to, again, as I touched on, you know, a couple minutes ago, make a better experience for friends and family. So, you know, really pushing things like the straight through formats, uh, really pushing things, you know, keeping the day moving so that it is more of a consistent show You know, so it's not this morning prejudging, nighttime finals where your friends and family who maybe drove in two hours to see you for the show, now they're stuck in a foreign place for six hours and they don't know what to do. So again, it's really just about creating that experience. So uh, this year coming up is actually the 10th year for the AMBF. So it's kind of our decade anniversary. Um, So I'm excited to kind of get involved right at that time. So it stands for the American Natural Bodybuilding Federation. Like I said, the kind of the, the mission statement of the AMBF is to provide the ultimate natural bodybuilding experience for not only you, the competitor, but for your friends and family alike. So we like to do, you know, kind of some fun during the show. You know, we we have some fun, different kind of music. We pump up different kind of pose downs. We like to interact with the audience throughout the show. We like to, you know, really hype them up. We've, you know, sometimes given them supplies to make noise, um, you know, just all, all kinds of fun stuff to, to make it more of a, of a show and an event that, you know, not only you as a competitor, but your, your friends can be like, I had a great time at your show. And we want to provide that experience any way we know how. One of the big things that we really got involved with last year was live streaming. And, you know, you'll see that start to pick up throughout the bodybuilding industry as a whole, just for, again, friends and family across wherever to be able to watch the show. And one thing that we are trying to institute in most shows, at least all of our big events will have this is live commentary. And you guys can definitely speak directly on this, having done it for the Mr. America live commentary really is a make or break. You know, when have you sat down to watch a professional sporting event and just watch the event with no commentary whatsoever? You know, it, it would be, it would be really weird if you're watching football, soccer, baseball, basketball, and you're just watching players, you know, you're not there live. You're watching it on a screen, but there's nothing coming back to you. You know, there's no insight. There's no feedback. And especially in a sport like bodybuilding that, a lot of the gen pop maybe doesn't understand some of the nuance. It's our job to provide that level of education. So, you know, everybody at home obviously is going to think that their friend or family member should win. And as you should, you should support your friend and family member and you think they should be the winner. But let's say they got third, you know, it's our job to maybe help you understand why. And, you know, in a a healthy, constructive way, we're not here to bash competitors and say, oh, that person doesn't belong on stage, but, you know, it it maybe is providing some of that insight so that you can understand, oh, this guy won because, you know, he won the muscularity and symmetry round. What is the symmetry and muscularity round to, to that person? It's, you know, sort of giving that breakdown and allowing them to then understand what they're looking at. So we're just trying to provide a better user's experience. So AMBF may not be the biggest organization and we may not, you know, have the, have the biggest shows in the world, but we try to provide that ultimate experience for friends and family and, and kind of make it like a family. You know, we, again, we want you to leave having had the time of your life and come back again and compete.
1: Damn. Well, well said, my man, you sold me. All right. Thank you.
2: <laughs> so whenever you in the U.S., come on by.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. No, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned the live stream. I think that's huge, right? The obviously we did the Mr. America commentary live and the feedback we got both from people that were there that were like we got real time feedback from people that were watching and then messaging people and saying like, hey, like a friend of mine's watching said you guys are doing great. You know, like you said, educating them and and you know bodybuilding's a niche, and natural bodybuilding's a niche within the niche, and you know, educating someone on like what is this pose? Like, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, people might be watching and don't even know like in a side chest, for example, like what are the judges looking at, or in a back double licep, like why are they standing the way they're standing? Like all these things that you can educate people on um, is huge, right? And if you guys are implementing that kind of stuff, then. I just think that's just a net positive.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So the the goal for 2023 is to try to have commentary at more of our events. Um, and a lot of that will be kind of spearheaded by me. So you know, I, I've kind of uh, taken the role of the, of the microphone and I don't have any problem uh, speaking in front of it. So I'll take it. Um, so the goal is to have commentary at as many of our shows as possible, because it just provides a greater user experience overall. And then even at that, all of our show replays go back up on YouTube. So if the competitors are then watching, then they can maybe help better understand why they placed a certain position or why something happened. Because you know, a lot of competitors coming up to the amateur level, they, they are still trying to learn as well. So that's a direct way, you know, not only from judges' feedback through email, but that's a direct way they can kind of get live feedback as to what I was, you know, or whoever is commentating with me, what we were thinking in that moment. As we were looking at it, because obviously I'm looking at it not only through a commentator's eyes, but a judge's eye as well. Mm -hmm. So they're able to get some, you know, deeper levels of feedback that way. Cool. Yeah, I think
0: that's awesome, man. And you, you guys right now are pretty focal to like East Coast, mainly like Central to Northeast Coast, I believe, right? Like Jersey area kind of spreading out that way. But I think I saw maybe on another post that you've got some shows kind of spreading out now, right?
2: We are starting to branch out a little bit more. Uh, the AMBF's you know, administrative hub is in the Northeast, branching out from New Jersey because Kent and I are both from New Jersey. So, of course, travel wise, that makes it as simple as it gets. Um, so, I kind of, you know, three shows that I definitely wanted to sort of bring up in the discussion tonight. Um, you know, our AMBF Nationals. So it's it's kind of our uh, spring nationals. Uh, that is May twentieth this year. So we do a big spring one and a big fall event. So. Uh, We do want to put more kind of emphasis on the uh, big year-end event. That was one of the things Kent instituted sort of in the beginning was the spring event because a lot of people were doing fall events. So we wanted to throw one in the spring just to kind of keep it fresh. But uh, at the end of the day, a lot of the, you know, heavy hitters, competitively speaking, kind of, you know, are rallying behind those year-end shows. Um, Before we get to the year-end show, though, one of the, you know, as you mentioned, branching out uh, is the AMBF Tampa Pro, which is August 26th and 27th that actually runs in Rockstep with the Tampa Fit Expo. So similar to like a Mr. America, um, in that regard, there is, you know, the bodybuilding show. Uh, It's a two-day event, amateurs on the Saturday, pros on the Sunday. The pros can, or the winners of pro cards on the Saturday makes me excited. So I jump over my words. So if you win your pro card on Saturday and you can then compete as a pro on Sunday, which I think is awesome, more exposure. And just the expo itself, having that exposure is one of a kind. So bodybuilding powerlifting strongman crossfit there's just a little bit of everything there and the show is held inside the expo so you buy a ticket to the expo and you could you know get into the show from there so the amount of exposure that a competitor can get is really huge at an event like that because there's just so many eyes on it and the fact that we have a natural bodybuilding event inside of a fit expo again similar to like a mr america is one of a kind Uh, I, i think that's gonna be you know, one of kind of the marquee shows we're looking at uh, as we it's going to be one that I think a lot of competitors will do as a lead up to their year end events. Being that it's in late August, it would be a great uh, event that a lot of competitors can maybe warm up on. But I wouldn't take it too lightly as a warm up because Florida has some heavy hitters in and of themselves. There's a lot of good competitors down there. And the fact with the exposure, you want to be on your A game. So having that amount of eyes on you, you should definitely show up <laughs> in good condition. Um And then as far as our year end event goes, that's going to be back up in Jersey, September 23rd, uh, it's the King's cup, all American championships. So that's going to be kind of the AMBF's year end event. So we're still sort of working on things as far as how we can make that sort of a bit more of a grand experience, whether it is more prize money. Again, we are sort of a smaller organization, so, you know, got to make sure, you know, and I'm, I'm not allowed to speak on budgetary terms. That's a, that's a presidential thing. So I can't start throwing things out of there, but, uh. Uh, we're trying to make that the, you know, sort of our marquee year event. But other than that, we do have shows up and down the East Coast, um, North Carolina in Georgia. We've got one towards the uh, end of the year in October in Texas. Uh, there's one in Michigan throughout the year. So there are sort of popping up throughout different areas of the country. And the goal is to just keep expanding on that, but not lose the quality in the process. You know, we don't want to just have a bunch of shows to say we have a bunch of shows. We want each show to ha- kind of have their, you know, have that special something to it. And if we can't make it special, then to us, it's not worth having an event that isn't special, you know, because each show should mean something, you know, because that that show is somebody's first show and you never get another first show. And I know the four of us probably all have a lackluster first show story because it's just kind of how we're brought up. You kind of get thrown into the fire. And we want to make sure that first show for somebody is a one of a lifetime experience that they remember forever.
1: Oh yeah. I think that's huge, man. You're clearly very passionate about it, right? Which is only a recipe for success. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, no problem, man. Um, before we close this out, is there any last closing remarks, uh, comments you have about the organization about what you uh, I guess, recommend for
2: someone maybe trying to jump in the mix? um so you know they can find all of our show information uh website plug on anbfnatural.com that's where all the show schedules are you can see uh we just got all of our i believe depending on drug testing from the last show if that's finalized um but pretty much all the results from 2022 are up so you can kind of see where we've been and the show schedule is you know largely the same because we don't want to just put a show in one spot and then leave that spot so that's the other thing with choosing the right location for a show as well. We want something that, you know, when you plant the seed, it's going to turn into a nice little tree. And we don't want to just put something somewhere haphazardly and, and not be able to sort of grow and capitalize on it. Because, you know, to, to kind of brag about us a little bit, and you know, I see it a lot in here at, at our Jersey events, there is a lot of repeat competitors. And a lot of times we'll see amateurs turn into pros and compete in our pro shows. But even amateurs that maybe have gotten You know, third or fourth, they're they're coming back to try to you know win win a novice class and then move their way up to the open. So we get a lot of return competitors, and I think that's again just from the passion that we put into it. And yeah, like you said, that yeah, the passion is totally genuine, especially from Kent and I. We are bodybuilders first and foremost. So our ideas and how we run shows is from a competitor's experience. It's it's not from a business perspective. The the business end is totally second. When it comes to the AMBF, yes, it is. It is, you know, part of a profit because it it is it is a business at the end of the day. And bodybuilding is a business, but this organization is based around what? As competitors, how do we want this show to run? And if we were competing in it, what what do we want it from A to Z? And yep. that's really our sort of motif as putting these events together is a competitors first mindset. How if we were competing in this? How should it run? And it just comes from that passion. So uh, I think with both of our minds together, I'm just really excited to, you know, plug away and see what we can do. Sweet. Sweet. Well, thank you again, man, for coming on,
1: obviously for those listening, um, you know, if you have questions, you can probably hit up Joe directly or find them on Instagram, on the website for more information. So uh, I'm excited to see what comes next year, man. We'll definitely be watching. And if there's anything, um assistance wise pro, promo wise you need from us through natty's news daily obviously uh we're we're a message away so thank you thank you again for coming on thank you guys for watching if you guys enjoyed this episode let us know subscribe for future ones don't forget to follow us on instagram and we'll catch you guys in the next one